This is season three of Flute Unscripted. Hi, I'm Katie Massad, and I sit down with a new artist every week and share their uncensored stories with you. This podcast is brought to you by Flute Center of New York, the marketplace for flutes. Join us, subscribe, rate and review us, and please stay tuned to the end of this episode for a special Flute Center of New York discount code for our podcast listeners. Coleman was creative long before learning how to play the flute. At a young age, she started to write music down and began writing symphonies by the time she was just 11. Since then, Valerie Coleman has established her career as the flutist and resident composer of the wind quintet Amani Winds. The group has toured extensively, released a number of albums, premiered a slew of new works, and were nominated for a Grammy for Best Classical Crossover Album in 2005. Valerie's contribution to chamber music is immeasurable, and her expertise was recognized by the Frost School of Music, where she has accepted a new position as Assistant Professor of Performance, Chamber Music, and Entrepreneurship. Valerie shared with me more about collaboration, composition, and the next phase in her career. Valerie, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for thinking of me. Of course. Well, <laughs> there's a lot going on in your life right now. Um, congratulations. You... Oh. I've been recently appointed at the Frost School of Music. Yes. Um, your position is uh, flute and chamber music and entrepreneurship. Yes. Is this a position that was kind of tailor-made for you? Yes, indeed it was. Um, so what happened was I got the call from the dean, and he basically offered the position. And I said, so what exactly does it entail? And he said, anything you'd like. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, this could be really cool. It could go yeah. really well, or it could go really wrong. Because when you have a position that doesn't really have um, shape to it, mm -hmm. you have to really work uh, to not only create the job description itself, but also work with others in a way that informs them what is possible. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's not just me that needs that kind of structure, but everybody else right. that's working with me as well. Sure. And what do you hope to offer with this title? Oh, you know, I, I love chamber music. Obviously, Amani wins. And, <laughs> and you know, there's there's a lot to offer, um, but there's also a lot going on at the University of Miami Frost School. Um, it seems that chamber music could uh, use a little um, a little more TLC. It's going mm -hmm. great there as it is um, as it stands. But you know, I I think that I have something to add of to course. the the whole fiber and the culture there mm -hmm. to create a culture of chamber music yeah. is is what my goal is there. Okay, and with the entrepreneurship yes. kind of tag too, is that. Um, maybe a look to give young people tools. I mean, now it seems like these programs can be really heavily saturated with lots of talented young musicians. And yes. on the other side, when you're out, it kind of feels like there's limited opportunities because there aren't so many talented people. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And having the wherewithal of, of how to structure your career, mm -hmm. to be able to plan in advance, uh, to be able to know how to network all of those things is something that I really um, I am passionate about, 
and I love to see these students when they when they go off and take the initiative and and become entrepreneurs. It's yeah. it's the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and yeah. you've done that yourself. I mean, all of your hard work and oh, and um, innovative thinking. You came up with Amani Wins in 1997, right? Yeah. Um, and you kind of took that <laughs> off the ground. Where did you get the idea from? And what did it take for you to actually get the group, you know, successful and get the bookings and and uh, really make it into its own thing? Well, uh, the group started, the name came before the group. And I just remember um, just coming to New York and there was, I was in a sublet apartment in Washington Heights and I was thinking I would really like to um, be able to pay off my student loans. Yeah, you just uh, graduated from Manus? No, I just graduated from Boston University okay. and then I came to New York to do graduate work mm, okay. um, with Judy Mendenhall yeah. at Manus. And during that time, Kwanzaa was really, um, it had emerged as, as something that was, um, in. Yeah. <laughs> and the name Imani, which is the first principle of Kwanzaa, popped into my head. And I decided uh, to put that together. Imani wins. What if there was a woodwind quintet um, that is based within African-American culture as a point of departure? I wonder how that would translate, you know, into Mozart or, yeah, you know, other other standard literature works. So one by one, I asked around and each person, I gave them cold telephone calls. You know, I was the telemarketer. Yeah, your and, sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, and somehow or another, they agreed to at the very least sit down mm-hmm. and read. And I remember that fateful day, it was in Manhattan School of Music. It was in a, a practice room. And, you know, I'm thinking, this is great. And they're all looking at their watches like, okay, what time are we going to, when is this over? But over the years, um, each person came along and invested in their own way. And it's only then that things start to gel together and um, we decide to really make that commitment collectively. Mm -hmm. And that's when competitions came about. And, you know, we tried out for Concert Artists Guild. Um, and that landed us management. And from there, um, we noticed that we started to do a lot of touring and we didn't have a structure in place. We did have a partnership, um, which basically means that you go down to the, the city courthouse and you sign, <laughs> you know, get the uh, get the power of attorney, all that stuff, mm-hmm. get it all signed away and, and then go get a bank account so you can receive checks. Ah. Um, I won't bore you with the details. I think, it, yeah, <laughs> I'm fascinated because it's like the true ins and outs of how, yeah. you know, the actual logistics of how it works. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. And it turned out that Monica Ellis, the bassoon player in the group, she's mm-hmm. um, she's like this. She actually co- coached me. I did a Manus pre-college yes. program and she was the coach of my quintet. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know Monica. Yeah. I remember when she worked at Manus. Absolutely. Oh, and that must have been the 85th street Manus. Yes. Then. Yep. Uh, and you know, that building is now, I think a, a private school. Oh no, I did it. Yeah. Cause they do everything downtown now. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I have memories so. of yeah coming in on the weekends and getting like breakfast <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a great space. Yeah. You know, it was very, I, I it was very like it. Harry Potter ish yeah. because it's all it is. <laughs> tiny and there are little 
corner yes. rooms and there are like yes. weird secret hallways and stairways yeah, and the little... stairwell you say might as well move around yeah yeah it was very i remember <laughs> being very confused yeah. and the elevators were very tiny and it yes. just, yeah it was all those, very those small cage kind yes. of elevators. Yeah. wow yeah, that's hilarious backs. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's excellent uh yeah um so yeah so monica she she's just she was that that business person and she she took that over and you know from that point on we knew that you know she was she was balancing the checkbooks you know and and everybody started to really sink into the roles that they had Mm -hmm. um toy and spell mendias she became the oboist she became um the education guru of the group. And Miriam at the time, the clarinetist, she was more geared towards PR. Um, she, you know, she was the person that sent out the the thank you cards after every concert. Mm-hmm. No matter where we were in the country, Miriam, as soon as she got home, would send out that thank you card to the presenter to yeah. say, you know, thank you for, for bringing us out for the concert. And me and Jeff, well, Jeff, he... He's a composer, but Jeff was the only guy in the group mm-hmm. at the time. So he was kind of the peacemaker. <laughs> and he knew when to bring in chocolate. You know, right. when we're on the road for a good two weeks, he yeah. knew to bring in a hefty supply of chocolate just to keep it all cool. Um, but yeah, and so me and Jeff, we really did um, settle into the role of, of being the in-house composers. Right. Um, and, you know... I became, well, I basically, they allowed me to dream mm-hmm. and implement ideas. And we all had ideas. We all have ideas. Um, and one of the, the main concepts of Imani Wins, which I think makes it such a wonderful group, is that every idea is heard. And that's a lesson to chamber music groups out yeah, there. Yeah. You have to listen to every idea. It took us about... You know, the group has been in existence now for 22 years. Mm -hmm. My departure happened at the 21-year mark, so just a few months ago. It's just really a a, a thin line. Um, But one of the things that we learned within the first 10 years was that when we have musical ideas and musical comments, it's not about the individual. It's about the collective wanting to make the music better. Mm. And far too often I see chamber music groups um, break apart or not get along because, you know, one person might feel that uh, a musical idea is translating into an attack on that person. Right. And so for many master classes, Imani wins, we, you know, we worked on that for a very long time with different groups. And, you know, that's that's something that I think is really a strong and powerful message. You have to work together in order to create the, the sixth, we always call it the sixth member, that that sound, the energy um, coalesces in the middle mm-hmm. of the ensemble and becomes an entity within itself. Right. And that's that's the sixth member. You were just speaking about leaving the group. Yes. Uh, you made that announcement very yes. recently. <laughs> and your replacement is Brandon George, yes! who we've actually had on last season. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yes. I chatted with him for a little while. Oh, he's great. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, I haven't met him, but oh, wow. I but I know him. We're yeah. Facebook friends. Yeah. Isn't that funny how it works? You know, <laughs> Facebook friends, but you haven't met somebody. No, he reached out a, a few years ago, and we've had a little bit of correspondence here and there. And I found him to be absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know that the group really enjoyed his presence during the auditions he came in he blew everybody away and not only that but he was no drama and he was just chill yeah and that that type of thing you know is is very the group loved that which like you were mentioning is important to keep the vibe of the group exactly yeah exactly right so i think that um my departure um mark said valerie um, we're really going to miss you and you know it's going to be hard to find a replacement and I said no it, it's not about finding a replacement it's about discovering new paths and new chemistry mm-hmm. you know it's it's a really good chance to um, allow the group to grow in a different direction mm-hmm. so I'm excited Brandon I've heard him play he's phenomenal um, I can't wait to see where the group goes and I know it's going to be the trajectories like <laughs> so this isn't yeah. the, the first time that there's been uh replacements in the group uh, yes. members members changing mark dover right? yes um, that's came right. on as clarinet that's right uh, what do you think the new members you know what challenges do you think they have to face coming into <laughs> this group that's been established it's for not, so long it's not an easy road for any new member to come into an established group because when a group has been around for a very long time. The stack of repertoire is high. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. so he, um, Brandon, but he's up to the task, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole lot of repertoire that he's going to have to learn and learn quickly and not only just learn quickly, but also, um, get used to the feeling of improvisation yeah. and, and playing different styles of music. Part of the audition process is to ascertain whether or not a person can do that quickly and if there's a vibe there. And so clearly he had that vibe. So I don't think it should be a problem. Right. But I do remember, you know, Mark, for the very first two years of him being in the group, he was like, guys, come on, another piece. <laughs> you know, he's, it's, it's still the honeymoon phase, right, so he's right. trying to be cool about it. Right. You know? He doesn't want to let people know that, you know, all these new pieces that we're just bringing up on the, you know, the drop of the dime are stressing him the hell out. Um, so he, he wants to be cool about, but yeah, Mark, Mark being in the group um, was, was such a blessing because Mark has this amazing sense of humor and he's a beast on clarinet. He just knows how to play any style of music. He just brings it to the table and we just, you know, our hair is flying from all the sound <laughs> coming at us. You guys didn't, in, in Blogland, did not see that visual. Um, her hair is blowing fiercely <laughs> away from her face. You know, I can do yeah. that on command. Just snap my fingers and I have instant win. Um, Diana Ross style. Right. <laughs> So I, I think that um, Brandon, he has his work cut out for him, but he has an ally um, in Mark. And everybody's going to be rooting for him. Yeah. Um, he seems to be just a really, you know, a quick study. Mm-hmm. So it'll be great. I'm trying to get him to come down to Miami. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. great. <laughs> As Valerie passes the baton, or flute rather, off to Brandon George, she prepares to spread her wings as a composer. 
Right before her interview, Valerie made the announcement that she was stepping down as the flutist for Imani Wins after nearly 21 years of collaboration to focus on composing and teaching. She has a lot of exciting projects coming up and some new commissions from the American Composers Orchestra at Carnegie Hall and the Philadelphia Orchestra. What ultimately led to the decision for you to step down? You know, I'll say it like this. To everything, and I, I don't want to sound cliche in, in saying this, but to everything there is a season. Mm-hmm. And it was just time. Yeah. You know, 21 years, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also there were a lot of um, opportunities within composing and, and solo recitals and things like mm-hmm. that that were coming my way that I knew that I had to make a choice. Yeah. And I'm so glad that the group, you know, was was very understanding. And we're in this place. As a matter of fact, um, coming up is a commission that for American Composers Orchestra, mm-hmm. um, a concerto for Wind Quintet and Orchestra. Mm-hmm. So they're playing it. And I'm just, I'm thrilled that we have, you know, that we can work together in this different incarnation. And yeah, yeah. Is this the Phenomenal Woman Project? Yes, okay, great. it is, yeah. And you know, we're, we're texting every other day, just like these long rows of texts, just back and forth. Like, ah. <laughs> Are you going to still continue to compose for the group? I hope so. Yeah, um, it's a part of the plan and they're, they are definitely open to it. Um, I think I'm getting my feet right now with yeah. with composing. There's a lot of things that are happening. Philadelphia Orchestra, Orpheus Chamber Orchestra. Wow. Um, you know, my my musical ear has to shift now mm-hmm. to writing orchestral music. Right. So that that challenge, you know, um, is is very 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 exciting. And Imani Wentz is home. It's mm-hmm. family. It's what I've always known. So. It's, yeah, I know it's going to always be there. Yeah, I'm excited to, yeah, it is. I'm excited, too, to to hear about this concert and, and to listen. Um, it sounds, <laughs> you nervous? <laughs> I mean, I think it sounds intriguing, and I'm excited to see something being programmed that seems relevant to our time. I mean, you're, you have named the movements after... Um, relevant women and people that we all know and I think that that's really cool and do you think that that's something that's maybe missing is a lot of things that are being programmed maybe are not relevant or dealing with issues that are specific to what we're going through at this very moment you use a lot of political and social themes (laughs) in your composing well I tell you what there is there is a faction of the old guard that you know will always adhere to the Beethoven cycles um, the string quartets or, you know, just that those traditionalists, those venues. And and that should always be, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm i a firm believer in in celebrating um, what has come before. Yeah. The way things are going in the world right now um, is something that I don't know about you guys out there in blog land, but I know that my heart is, you know, I'm jumping out of my skin in frustration mm-hmm. and in just worry and being a mom as well, um, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this is the world I'm bringing my daughter up in. And so when you see all these things happening around you as an artist, it's a different kind of fuel. 
I always look at New York City walking around it. I love it so much because it charges me in a, in a beautiful way. But current events, they're charging the angst and that needs release. Yeah. And it's not just for me, but it's for artists all around. And when artists in mass um, start to write or about different topics that, that address humanity, that address uh, morality, that address things, the, the darkest nature to the lightest nature of things, um, that creates a wave that, that basically presenters have no choice but to follow that. Mm-hmm. Um, because what nourishes the artist will nourish the audiences as right. well. So, yeah, that's my story. I'm sick of it. <laughs> You've also been named uh, one of the top 25? 35. 35. Ain't nothing that fancy. 25. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Washington Post named you one of the top 35 female composers in classical music. It is quite an honor. I'd be happy to be one of the top 500 yeah or the top thousand <laughs> well Anne Majette she is mm-hmm. um, a well-known critic of the Washington Post and her her blogs her her articles her reviews um, I've enjoyed them for many many years so I remember seeing that um, that listing I saw it on Facebook and I was sitting in the living room and it was it was just when I dropped Lisa off to school you know, that's that's the time where you could just sit back yeah. and go, oh, yeah. oh, where's my tea? Where's my coffee? Just like chill for like 10 minutes before you start to get to work. And I just remember sitting back in the chair, my face just completely blanched. <laughs> you know, like what's what just happened? Um, so no one alerted you? You just you read it reading through I the saw article? It. No, yeah. it, wait, did somebody did alert me. I can't remember who it was. And it came it came through a message on Facebook. And like, so check this just, out. Yeah. You're on this list. <laughs> yeah. With a lot of really good company, too. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of great, um, amazing, um, impactful composers that did not make the list. Right. So, you know, it's... And I'm glad that she, um, within that article, made, you know, that kind of acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. You know, there's... It's going around a lot on Facebook right now. Women composers, you know, the the compendium. Yeah. <laughs> and there's always somebody that's left off. Oh, and, of course. Yeah. So, but this is, this is, of course, an honor. And I dare say that it's made a deep, just the listing itself made a deep impact in my career quickly. Um, yeah. And is that <laughs> how we kind of create more opportunities for one another by women supporting women? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And also allies supporting women as yes, well. Yes. And I automatically think about Derek Vermel, um, who is um, the musical director of ACO. He has made it his his mission to um, program and commission underrepresented composers. So yeah, I, I look at him and I'm thinking, yeah, you get it. Yeah, it's that's right on. Yep. And there's there's folks out there that are really starting to do that, and I'm glad that there's a wave happening. And let that wave continue. I know. I, it seems like it's it an exciting time, and I hope it I hope it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. 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 We were chatting a little bit about um, how I've known Amani Wins, and I was introduced to them and, and through Monica. <laughs> um, I think when I first heard of you guys it was through my own development and learning about chamber music and looking for recordings and and trying to find things that 
I thought, again, were relevant and yeah. things that were modern, even of of classic standard pieces. Sure. Um, and also getting a variety of repertoire. And you guys were always the go-to. It's like, oh, you need to hear a good recording of oh, whatever. Yay. Go to Imani Wins. <laughs> and they will remain the go-to. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, you guys, I think, have kind of shaped <laughs> chamber music in that way. And I think it's kind of, it's funny to me how you've talked about branching out and and making this shift in your career now and leaving what feels comfortable and secure. And for you, that is chamber music. And for, yeah. you know, for anybody else that might seem like, really? Chamber music is the secure <laughs> path? That's that's where I'm, I'm rooted. That's what's hard to break away from? You're right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I didn't think about that. But in today's day and age, chamber music is more secure as a path than even pursuing an orchestral route. Yeah. Not unless you are just this amazing Damari McGill that just <laughs> right. can get into any symphony orchestra that he tries out for. Um, <laughs> yeah, chamber music is a secure path in the sense that um, as long as you have a plan, as long as you have um, a mission, um, a directive, a style, um, and in a strong interest in introducing music that is unique to your voice as an artist, mm-hmm. then your path is secure. It's just only a matter of time. You have to work hard and you have to wait. Um, yeah. You also have to find the right the right people to work with too, yeah, right? Yeah. Which is well, okay. That's hard. I, I, yeah. I will say that is hard, but yeah. there is a level of persistence that. If, and I believe it so much that if you put it out there into the universe, it's go, you're going to attract people of your mindset. Mm-hmm. So if you are wanting to put together a chamber music group, um, be patient, have faith in, in the process, <laughs> and and be, be persistent. And you'll be amazed how serendipity, and I would dare say even providence, um, kind of comes into play mm-hmm. in such a beautiful way that you hadn't even planned. Right. And once you get that group together, then it's a matter of the nuts and bolts. You know, they say the devil's in the details, but um, the details are plain and clear. Build your damn website. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> get videos going, show up to conferences, do showcases, meet, um, connect with with presenters Musical America has a catalog. You know, I'm, I'm giving the rundown of everything. Mm-hmm. And my point is that it is extremely doable. And I would even, I would dare say to a certain extent, reliable if um, you work diligently at the path. Right. So, and a lot of people don't realize that, that chamber music is actually a career choice. Yeah, that's not often yeah. uh, brought up. And, you know, schools are, some schools are starting to, to follow suit and realizing that um, within a collegial setting, a chamber music group can be a school's ambassador, mm-hmm. um, an ensemble that wins a competition, you know, gives, builds up the program all the more right? Um, and impacts enrollment, impacts recruitment. Yeah. So it's, you know... I'll say it's frustrating to see out there universities and colleges that have chamber music programs where um, a group will meet once a week and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can literally build a career (laughs) 
<laughs> with yeah. while in school with the right combination. And that's where of a lot of people do meet and yeah. and become collaborators together. Exactly is that right. That's yes. the place. Exactly right. It just gets so. harder afterwards yeah. to find like minded people yeah. interested in the same projects. That's so. right. But New York, I mean, if you're in New York, uh, it's easier. Yeah, <laughs> than, that's very than true. most cities. Yeah. It's such a it's a small place, but it's like so many people jam packed. Yeah. You can always just even buy a referral. New York is inspirational. It's, it's to an you, amazing. Right? Yeah. yeah it's are you going to be staying here or are you moving? Oh, well, you know, it's so funny because as I was walking down the street, I just came back from Miami yesterday mm-hmm. and I was just walking and enjoying the fall air crisp and everything. Yeah. I was like, I love this place. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, of course, I, I love Miami. How could you not? Yeah. It's it's a gorgeous, you know, too good to be true type paradise mm-hmm. place. And then comes the hurricanes. But right. no, it's it's a really um, spectacular place. Right now I'm doing part time um, because the appointment became official in July. So that was no mm. time to to pick up and you right. know, relocate all together. So um, what me and my family are doing, we do have a faculty townhouse right now. Um, that I'm just slowly yeah. <laughs> carrying big suitcases down the street. And, one trip and, at a time. Um, one trip at a time, a little bit by little bit. Um, our, we just got our couch <laughs> um, from Macy's a, a few days ago. Well, see, that's the other exciting part. Now you get to redecorate from I scratch. Know. I, like I wish I stuff. had that talent. If anybody out there has a talent for I love that, it. It's my come passion. Come on. Yeah. Oh, I need it. You know, just come in and just be like this tornado through the house. Yeah. Oh, I love, just, I'm obsessed with it. I watch oh, too much HGTV. Oh, oh, and, I love yeah. that. Yeah. I love HGTV. <laughs> yeah. I can spend hours. It's total marathon worthy. So. <laughs> well, it's been a real pleasure. Thank oh, you so much for stopping in. I'm so oh, glad we fun. finally got to chat. Yeah. You've been in New York too. this whole time and, and we haven't. I know. Yeah. And now I'm moving. I know. <laughs> well, we got you before you had to go. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. While we will certainly miss Valerie's presence here in New York, we wish her all the best in Miami. I can't wait to see how she shapes the next generation of young flutists through her new position, and I'm eager to hear what new compositions she creates next. Valerie Coleman is certainly one phenomenal woman. Thank you, Valerie Coleman. This episode's music included a performance with Amani Wins on Ravel's Le Tombeau de Couperin and Valerie's own composition, Umoja. This has been an episode of Flute Unscripted. This podcast is sponsored by Flute Center of New York. Visit their website at flutesforsale.com for the largest selection of new and pre-owned instruments. Use this season's promo code LISTEN for a special deal of $50 off any purchase of $4.99 or more. You can follow the Flute Center on Instagram and like them on Facebook to stay up to date on the latest events and masterclasses. Special thanks to our owner Phil Unger, the Flute Center team, and Stefan Huskoldson for our theme music.